Welcome to Writing Threads with Heather Westberg King and Stephanie Wilson. This is a podcast for people who love the power of story and writers and people who love writers and anyone who just likes real, honest conversation and good writing. Welcome. Let's get started. And well, hello, friend. How you doing? Really good. You sound really good in more than one way. Yeah, I feel good. It was the roughest week ever, but I feel so good today. You know, it was over here too, like in that kind of way where all of a sudden the week was over. Yes, it went. It did not feel fast when it was going through the week, but then it was over and I'm, and I was found myself last night looking around like, what do I do with myself now? Yeah, it was Friday. And I was saying to one of my kids, yeah, maybe we'll do that on Friday. And he was like, it is Friday. Oh, weird. Cause everything was such a blur. It was just such a crazy week. Um, my husband was home for like four days sick and Elsie was home a couple of days sick and all the activities were still going on in the bookstores and the, my parents stuff. And I didn't see them Wednesday and Thursday because they have a helper on those days. And so that kind of blew by in a weird way. And I wanted to stay away in case I was carrying any of the germs, but Anyway, it was just super fast and wild. Yeah. Yeah, it was. uh, Well, I realized that I'm thinking like, well, last week kind of felt like that too. And the week before, and it it was actually encouraging me, maybe I do need to start really blogging and writing things down because it's go, it's, it's like going too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking through old blog posts today, this morning, and I just, there's, so much there and as I kind of weed through it I just can't even believe the stuff that is captured there that I would not remember I don't remember it until I look at it I know it's it's a gift I know yeah but you were um you have been telling me and I want to start with this because I love learning about shows as you know this about me. Yes. But, um, okay. What's the show called again? Better things, better things on FX by Pamela Adlon. And do you think I have FX if I have other things or is that a do different, Hulu? like, do you have, Hulu? I do have, Hulu. okay. It's on Hulu. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Perfect. I'm pretty Cause sure. I, I right now need a new show. Oh, you got to get, oh, get in on better things. It is the closest. Okay. Watch it. If you want to have a little glimpse on what life might be like in my house, (laughs) watch this show because she single parents so similarly to me. um, And I admire her for a lot of things that she already does. It's based on her life. You know, she's with her kids in real life and, because even on the show, her character is an actress and voiceover actress, which is what, I mean, she's done. She's like a voiceover actress for like every cartoon. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is so relatable. And I feel like anyone could relate, but especially for anyone that's divorced for sure. Okay. Okay. And uh, I will check it out. Yeah. Um, and there was a, so, and there was a recent, uh, episode of pop culture, happy hour, one of my favorite podcasts, um, where it was, I believe it was just a whole episode dedicated to better things. And they're talking because this is their final season. I believe there's five or six seasons, but they're not long episodes. And I recommend going back to the first season and just getting to know them, uh, cause you're going to fall in love with all of her kids and she's got four yeah. girls. Um, anyway, it's, it's good, but, um, they were just, I would, if you want to go and listen to that pop culture happy hour episode, it won't spoil anything. I think it'll just make you want to watch the show. And then, um, there was a recent episode called family meeting. And that's the one I was like, I wanted to discuss because it just gave me a lot of encouragement and ideas. Um, 
I mean, she's just really good at showing what it really is like behind the scenes and just how it's real. Um, Mm -hmm. In the family meeting episode, she was trying to get everybody to maybe be looking at their phones less. And it was just hilarious because she was the one that was sneaking her phone out of the bowl that they put it in because she couldn't be without it. And I can relate so much and because I feel like, how can I even try to limit the screen time of my kids when I myself cannot you know yeah and, yes and, it's so true and I see it as a useful tool most of the time to have my phone or you know mm-hmm. a, um anyway I did buy uh Sea of Tranquility this week it's the new book by oh gosh I'm gonna get the author's name wrong because the book's by my bed but it's is it um Emily St. John Mandel. I have Station Eleven right here on the bookshelf where. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she has, which I never read Station Eleven, but I watched the show on HBO Max and just loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And then I saw she came out with a new book, and so I grabbed it, Sea of Tranquility, and already I'm just into it, and I'm desperate to have something to keep me from picking up my phone. So I've got, I've got a book to try to help me to do that. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things I, I will forever remember. Uh, um, I don't know if it was a speech, if that's what I should call it, that Anne Lamott, um, it was online, um, <clears throat> that she was just sharing some of her beautiful writing. And um, she said <laughs> something like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, let's talk about food let's just do a little better. You know what I mean? Like, and she was being funny at the time and, and it was, uh, her delivery was so awesome. Like, like, come on guys, we can just do a little better. Like, let's stop having all these grandiose ideas of fixing our food problem, you know? Yeah. And I love that. I think about it all the time with everything. Like I'll be like, okay, well I can, if I think about, like totally quitting sugar, for example, because I know how bad it is for me and I'm just getting too old for it. It just, my body doesn't do well with it. My mind does not do well with it. And I used to be quite addicted to sugar. And now I'm like, just in a better place. I still eat too much sugar, but I'm doing better. So I just love that. And I think of that with stuff with the kids, like screen time too. Yeah, I think so too. I also can't blame them. Like I also Mm -hmm. escape into this other reality and sure. Is that so bad? I don't know. I mean, as long as, you know, moderation and like we're taking care of ourselves and such and, and we, and we can have time together with our phones away. I mean, when we're together, we went out to dinner the other night. Um, Sometimes that is like going out to dinner I save up for it because I know it's a guarantee. Everyone will have attention on each other. Even when we're at home, we yes. can make meals, but we're less likely to like engage, you know, you, yeah. you have everything right there to distract you, but in a restaurant or whatever, um, we have the best time and we love hanging out together. And, and yeah. it was funny because they were bringing up some of the things that we had just discussed on the podcast and I was Hmm. really happy to hear them say exactly what I have reported (laughs) like I was like oh good I am I'm I'm not making it up I'm on track yes I I felt like oh good you're reinforcing I I and I I will tell them I'll be like we were just discussing this or you know because I do want to make sure I'm getting it right yeah yeah getting it right I don't know Oh, you mean reporting it right? I thought you meant just getting the motherhood thing right. Oh, that too. No, that too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can. But it reminds me of, I mean, I think there are things we can get right. Let me say it that way. Um, And there are so many stuff. It's pretty weird how many like random memories I have of your comments. (laughs) Not like not even, I don't even know where or when. You know what I mean? Like, like that, you know, I wrote about motherhood so much when I was writing um, 
on the extraordinary ordinary. And I just remember, you know, waxing philosophical about something about motherhood and, and it was, you know, like, I think I was still in an early enough um, phase of motherhood that I believed that I could possibly like get it right if I tried hard enough and like do better by them. And, you know, um, I don't know. I had a lot of perfectionism about it. And you said something like, yeah, but we can't. You know, I mean, just, but it was in a very nice way. And you, and the, you know, the context it it was in was just kind of like, yeah, that whole idea that we're not going to be able to shield them from all pain. That's not the point. That's not our job. And being perfect mothers is not our job. And it was just um, the way you said it, that really hit home and it was the right moment. And now like something I would, (laughs) I would, I would try to comment something encouraging. Yeah, well, it, and it, cause it was, you know, kind of like a, I get what you're saying kind of way, like that I just feel like I'm not enough. That's what it was. I feel I, like I'm not enough. And you said, but we're not enough. And that so, was really powerful, like smart and wise. Well, I don't know if you remember, but once upon a time when I had my, my uh, married name I had that quote that was like shared forever and it usually around Mother's Day it gets shared everywhere okay and um it was I just had to google it real quick because I wonder I'm gonna repeat it right here and I don't remember all the words sure Um, there will be so many times you feel like you failed but in the eyes heart and mind of your child you are super mom yeah I just Googled it because I want to make sure I got it right. And apparently it's on Amazon as a notebook. <laughs> what does that even mean? What uh, as it as a... took that meme and turned it into a notebook. Apparently it's on it's on Amazon. It is not attributed to me. Oh, and man. there was a time where it was being created, like people were using it for like graphics and they weren't or they would put my name but it was like brands and I had to go after them and say can you please take that down I've never worked with you before you know and you're not paying me yeah and I had and then after a while it got too much that I just stopped I was just like whatever no and you know where that started was from so do you remember Seth and Amber Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love them. So Seth did that book for her. Yeah. The mother letters. Mother letters. This was in this was something I wrote in a mother letter that was put in that book. Oh, okay. And they made to promote that book. They made some graphics and what this was a zillion years ago before meme or not before memes. We called memes Mm -hmm. something different. Remember, they used to be something different. Um, Yeah. Logging times. But um, yeah. It, they turned it into a graphic to like promote the book and that just it that was when Pinterest was big and then it just yeah. it's everywhere took off and okay. I, I have to say that that is one plus to me taking back my maiden name because <laughs> then I, I'm like don't I I just yeah that was the other life anyway Anyway, right. I guess I'm going to do some more Googling and find out where else I can buy my words <laughs> and, not, and not be receiving anything about it. Oh, it's the worst. Um, so anyway, I, we did start talking about some motherhood stuff and we were, that's what we were back here to do today. And um, I would love to start with um, just you know, I am not a single mom anymore. I'm now, you know, remarried. Um, I have some thoughts about that too. Um, but I want to hear them. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like I, I joined a lot of groups and stuff, the single mom groups supporting each other. And, um, and nobody has ever been like, and if you get remarried, you don't count, but you know, I've never gotten that. Um, but I have my own feeling of like, well, 
what can I really say? Cause I do have a helper now, you know? Um, and, but I do also recognize that these are still first and foremost, my children and my ex's children. Um, and my husband hasn't really had like a dad role that just isn't their relationship. And everybody is totally cool with that. Um, and, but he's here, you know, he's here for me. And I have some like kind of survivor's guilt about that. Um, that is just my own stuff. But I know that because I have lived it, you know, the single motherhood thing where it is all on you. Um, but even then, um, my kid's dad, he has always had 50, 50 joint custody with me. So I have had that space, but that space, it's difficult to explain to people who haven't lived it is, is still so full of your kids, you know, even when they're not home because you're playing catch up a lot. And if you started your life over financially, all you're doing is working in those hours. At least that's what it was for me. I was just working, working, working. And like, I would work the whole weekend every time they were at their dads, you know, it was, there wasn't downtime. And I have shared this online, but one little story about that is that, um, one of the jobs I worked at over the last several years, um, someone said to me, <laughs> Steph, you'll probably remember this from seeing it in a single mom nation group or something, but she said, um, yeah, I don't get breaks because I stay married. I stayed married. What does that mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> because she was looking at it like I have joint custody. So when they're with their dad, I'm just having a break. Oh, got it. Oh, oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And And the way it was said to me in a very like because I stayed married hmm. and I, I really, I, I wanted to say a lot of things, but I just literally like turned and walked away kind of shaking my head. Like I can't, I can't even process that that just happened. Um, and it, you know, you want to explain to people like, actually I'm not just hanging out doing nothing when my kids aren't home. Just right. like anybody wouldn't be, you know, and maybe, you know, I get it. I mean, I get that people are saying nobody takes their kids for the weekend and just leaves them to their own devices. I, you know, I get that that probably feels very freeing from the outside, but for single moms, it doesn't most of the time, especially those living in poverty, it does not feel like a break. It doesn't feel good. Um, and it, and it means just catching up on everything you couldn't handle and still not being able to catch up. And then they're back again and you're so glad they're back. Cause you don't have that weird feeling anymore, but then it's just this cycle of exactly. switching, yeah, switching, sure. switching. I think it's so interesting that you call it survivor's guilt because mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way, but I guess I can relate a little. I, when I was a stay at home mom, like feeling maybe a little guilty that others were working, like they didn't have mm -hmm. a choice and a lot, some people don't have a choice, but many people yes. do make that choice. Like it's a choice they make. And now mm -hmm. being on this side as a working mom, now my kids are older. So you know that it's different. I can't compare, but I, I can, I could see it you know, you just, you can't really know it until you're there and you're on the other side. Um, right. I think like, so for example, like I, me as a, I am a single parent. They, the, our co-parenting situation is very different than I ever would have expected going into divorce. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really 
thought things would be very different than it turned out to be. I didn't, yeah. I, I don't, I can't really get into it too much, but let's just say that it, I thought it was going to go differently and, and be maybe more like what you have. Um, like balance, just, balance yeah, time maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I think it could have been, but for, for some single parents like me, uh, who had another parent or, you know, who had another parent involved, it's, it's maybe not healthy to still maintain that relationship, whether it's friendly. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think that's, um, that's something I relate to in that show better things is she has a similar dynamic going on with her ex-husband mm-hmm. and it's comforting for me to see that. Um, I don't feel like sorry for myself or anything, I think this is just how it is for us. Mm-hmm. So I've never really like thought about, I don't know. It would just be weird. I think also I really like doing things on my own and mm-hmm. um, having soul custody is um, makes me feel empowered in some way. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of single moms that feel that way. And then there are those that, feel abandoned and have a right to feel that way. And that's something to work through, you know, but also just feel like they're drowning and that person is out there floating around doing their own thing. And that's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, And that's the story I hear more than any story is, is, uh, I don't hear a lot of my story. Um, and I can tell you a little bit more about that, but, but, you know, I don't hear a lot of your story. I feel like, um, everybody's is so different. And I, you know, when I first got divorced, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I wrote a piece of writing about every divorce being just as different as every marriage is. And for real people, yeah. Yeah. And people don't really look at it that way because when you hear about a divorce, you just imagine it this one played out way that we've seen in, in movies and TV and um, that we hear the most about because it's the drama, it's the gossip. So it's more interesting to talk about the bad divorce, right? And, or it's, you know, more interesting to show the struggling single mom. And there's just so many different, ways that it turns out and you don't you don't there's no way you can imagine it right like I couldn't have imagined it how it went for us either I I hoped that it was going to be amicable and I believed that it would be um and I personally was dealing with a person who is passionate about his time with his kids and passionate about his kids in a really beautiful way and I know not everyone has that. And and that's, I think, the survivor's guilt thing for me is just like, I have it so good in so many ways. And don't get me wrong, like n- nothing is perfect. We've had our issues, but never for one moment have I had to wonder if he was going to be there for my kids. And I mean, what I always tell people is that he is a person who makes those kids feel like the other only people in the world and to the point where he could have seen them yesterday and then we stop over there for something and he is like like throwing a party when he sees them I mean he's like his arms go up and he yells you know like hey and every you know hugging everybody giving the boys a hard time and how are you what have you been doing you know and it is just a very very joyful dad I love and, that. I yeah. feel like, and for me, like, I do not feel jealous. Personally, I don't feel jealous of that. It just makes me so happy that that is. But, yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel only good things about it for you. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, that's how my friends that are single moms feel too. And I'm sure there's always a little bit of them. You can't help but compare a little bit, you know, and just be like, why can't it always be that way? But not every person that you're trying to partner with is whole and um, mature enough. Yeah. And I to do that. I think that my situation is probably different because we 
weren't probably, I mean, we probably shouldn't have been together in the first place, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was never going to end well. Uh, yeah. As despite being working so hard and praying so many prayers that it would mm-hmm. magic become what it was never going to be. Um, but I don't know. I, like I said, I don't feel sorry for myself about it. I feel bummed for my kids sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, it disrupts life. Um, yeah. But it just is what it is. And, and mm-hmm. you never know what could happen down the road. I don't know. It to me, I feel like I know we were just talking about you and I were talking about the a recent episode on We Can Do Hard Things with Jen Hatmaker. And mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm going to be honest, I feel like <clears throat> there's no way I'd be one year in, out into my divorce and being so confident about it. I it's been four yeah. years for uh, how many years has it been for me now? Four years. And I feel like it just happened yesterday. Like, I don't feel like I could ever speak with any sort of knowledge or experience Mm -hmm. on it. You know, I feel like it's. Well, you feel like you're still, still learning and healing. Like happening, you know, like ongoing to me. Um, Yes. So I would never um, claim to be able to give any advice, you know, but I do want to normalize it. And I do think it needs to be talked about. We need to hear Mm -hmm. all the stories. We need to hear Mm -hmm. all the good, the bad. Um, and remember that there are always so many sides, you know, you're going to hear my side, but there was another person in this relationship that has, you know, you know, their own version of the story. And yes, we're all part of it. So, um, I don't know. I wish it had been less of a scary thing for me and that I could have been more confident in making the choice to get a divorce earlier than I did. Let's just say that. And I am not saying I think people need to go out and get divorces, but Mm -hmm. I think I touched on this in the last episode was you just got to address whatever it is going on right now. Just do it now. Don't let another year to five years get you down the road. Take care of business now so that mm-hmm. you can enjoy that down the road, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, well, I, I didn't, I felt like it was a taboo thing and, and, and not, mm-hmm. and not seeing other stories or whatever that I could relate to made it, I literally felt like it was an impossible and not for me thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, um, programming that makes you believe that. And I think that's true of all people, um, whether they're in, you know, some kind of religion or, um, church, it's, it's still like considered the bad thing to do. And, I understand that. I understand that people have those beliefs because it is really hard and really bad stuff happens. And really, you know, it's an upheaval of your life. And if you have kids, you're, you're taking them through those waves with you. Um, So I can see how people think that's just nothing but problematic, but it is also true that, I mean, let me tell you, the way things are, the the kid's dad has always been nothing but consistent with them, but we did not have just a sweet and easy time when we were going through the divorce. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. And like you said, if I had been more open sooner, the way it happened may have been different. So I will say that we knew for a very long time that we were just not good at being married to each other and had major communication issues. And we were both like unable to even recognize our own misery 
just going through the motions, just all the cliche stuff that happens when a marriage is hard and unhealthy. And, you know, we were basically separated in our own house for a long time and had made conscious decisions for it to be that way. And, you know, we went to counseling, we went to pastors, we talked and talked and talked. We tried moving to Texas like that saves your marriage. But you we know, this fresh, to move too. <laughs> yeah, this no, fresh I, start. I can relate so much. And I just have to say, like I was thinking about this the other day, is that we tried the pastors. Oh, well, we didn't really get our pastor involved, but we tried counseling. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe how we found our counselor. I honestly can't remember the order of events, but sure. they were not neutral parties. They were people that want the marriage to survive. Yeah. They're not, you know, I feel like there should have been someone there that could say, you know what, you need to separate and yeah. here's how you're going to do it and we will help you through it. But no, everything was geared towards not ending the marriage. And mm-hmm. that was very harmful. And I think that we need to have more information ahead of time when you get anyone starting young, 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 like before, not when you're having a marriage class in church or whatever, or getting married <laughs> at the church or whatever. Yeah. No, we need to know this stuff ahead of time. It's just like what I was, what I want for parenting trans kids is I think in the what to expect when you're expecting book there should be a section or whatever book is popular these days I don't know if that's still a book but yeah like you know there should be a thing of talking about gender identity and these are the routes you take for this 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 you know Mm -hmm. I mean so that you already know ahead of time oh this is what hormone replacement therapy is. And you go to an appointment for this and this, okay, we, you know, we know that information's there. If we come to it, we'll know what to do. Need to need to have that for divorce too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now there's a, there are a lot of resources to help people. And I just feel like if someone is in a situation where they know in their heart gut, that where this is headed, they can do some exploring of that. And I think I just didn't, you know, I just, I just didn't, I didn't think of it. Um, But we did, we did have the experience of um, when we were in um, Texas for that year, we went to counseling there because we were doing this fresh start. So, okay, we'll get a fresh counselor. And we actually were told, like, I believe that you're going to be here for divorce counseling. Wow. Oh, wow. Was this, yeah. this was not Christian counseling? No, okay. no. Um, I don't believe so, but she just heard our s- stories and where we stood on what was going on and how it had always been that way. And that, you know, just the ways we were stuck and, um, And I remember we went home and we just sat at the kitchen table and we both cried. Like we both knew, you know, just like that was the truth. That was the truth. And we knew it. And then we went back to going through the motions because it's so scary to take those steps. And there we were in Texas. It's like, that's what we were sitting there talking about. We're like, okay, um, good thing we moved here and now all of our family is in Minnesota and uh mm-hmm. what are we gonna what are we gonna do you know okay well I guess we'll just keep not having any intimacy in our relationship not really talking that much and just parenting our kids and we did that a while longer um and it was just how can it be beautiful and painful at the same time you know I I don't have regrets about it I don't this is a a good good human being that I feel like I contributed a lot of things to the failure of it I don't really like calling it a failure but um just with where I was I guess um in my evolution as a human 
and what I didn't know yet. And then, um, we came home for a wedding. So we were back in Minnesota for a wedding. And, um, that is when I spoke to my now husband. So we're totally getting off track from motherhood, but I will just quickly tell you, (laughs) I will just quickly tell you long story short is if I had handled it differently in the sense of facing it, facing the truth, um, and making a decision that I knew in my heart and soul was the right thing to do for our whole family. I would not have caused the harm that I did. And I have done a lot of forgiving of myself for that because, you know, when I re-met Jason, since we were together in high school, it had been 20 years, we had not spoken. When I re-met him, we ended up talking for three hours in a parking lot. And it was just that conversation was a catalyst for me just having to say, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Did, and, it re- did you feel like it revived you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, here I am. Here I am. And it, you know. So I want to pause just quick just to say yeah. that if anyone is listening like, and you know, what you were describing before was very much like how we were. I felt like my light was dimmed. We were going through the motions. We were being good parents, but we were mm-hmm. living separate lives, separate, yes. separate sleeping arrangements, separate everything. And mm-hmm. my light was dimmed because it was, it felt fraudulent, you know, from mm-hmm. what, you know, and also it felt like I am worth more than this. Mm-hmm. You know, and just because I made this decision and got legally contracted into this relationship with mm-hmm. him, had children and, you know, property and then, you know, yeah. possession, so many things and years and years and years, it felt, it felt like there, I was just going to let the light just dim out. But then mm-hmm. there, you had that moment. I had a moment that revived me and and told me oh no you're like the light doesn't stay dim it can come bright again Mm -hmm. and I I think that's so important is because I honestly and I'm so thankful that I've been able to experience what it feels like to have love in my life again and Mm -hmm. I honestly think I thought that was never gonna happen like oh yeah it was done it was just done I, yeah, I totally believed that. How, like, I just, how tragic is that, that I, that we yeah. lived that belief mm-hmm. and I believe that there are so many people that feel the same way. And that breaks my heart because that is such a scary, lonely place. Yeah. And I remember Anne saying to me, our dear friend, Anne, love Anne. like, yeah, that, you know, I, she was one of the first people I called cause what a mess what a mess, you know, like, it was just like, what is happening inside of me? Why do I feel this way? It's, uh, you know, and we were headed this way anyway, but now it's more complicated. And, you know, because, you know, I can say, you know, I'm open about this because I do want to help other people not necessarily do it this way. Right. Because if I could change the timing you better believe I would, you know, I just, it wasn't, it it wasn't good timing. And it, you know, it's good timing. No, it isn't. But, but I hurt, I hurt my ex-husband more with this timing than had it not been, you know, if it had been a year later and I ran into the guy at the grocery store, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, no. I, I, and I had, the yeah. same, no matter how everything has, what is it you say, shaken out in the wash or whatever, mm-hmm. I also 
knew so early on and felt so guilty. Like I'm keeping us both from finding, I'm keeping us both from happiness, you know? And I know I wasn't Mm -hmm. the person, but it felt like towards the end, it felt like the longer we go, the more it's going to cause more harm to both of us because it means Mm -hmm. I'm keeping him from having a happy life. Yeah. And you know, you do, um, a good friend of mine said, you know, this is how this stuff happens. I mean, clearly it worked out (laughs) with Jason, my now husband. Um, but it could have been just a thing, just an igniter. You know what I mean? It could have just been. And now even my ex-husband has said to me, you know, had that not happened, we probably wouldn't have gotten divorced at least not for a while because of all of you were just saying, you know, the, the, the kids, the house being in Texas, all the property, like, you know, just, and so, you know, in a sense, we were having that conversation later when the emotions were different, um, you know, where he was just saying, you know, it, it probably needed to happen. And that is a, very grown up perspective for one thing being in his position. Um, and I knew that too. And I remember you saying to me when we both discovered we were having the exact same life experience with these, um, old loves coming back around, you know, and I was lamenting my guilt and shame about it. Um, and you said something like, but there's no way you could have not done it there's no way you could have you know had that experience and those feelings and that connection and that sounds like you know people would say like yeah it's hard for people not to do drugs too yeah you know what I mean (laughs) like it's not right it's not right it's not the right time and it's when you're married to somebody else And I will say, you know, we had every intention to not speak to each other after I was home for that wedding and nothing, it was not, it was not a affair like you see in the shows, you know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, it, it was quite innocent and, but it was, it was what it reminded me of about who I am. And a lot of that had to do with him being in my life when I was so young giant breadcrumb giant breadcrumb yes oh I left this here now I remember but anyway so I'm just saying that it did not start out perfectly like it is hard you know ending a marriage is so hard and sometimes things happen that we wish didn't. And sometimes, and it doesn't make you a bad person if this stuff has gone down. Like what I would say is, you know, I kind of half came clean at the start. Like I didn't want to tell my then husband, whoa, I really have feelings for this person, you know, but so I kind of tiptoed around it. But that very night that I talked to him, I came home and was like, I got really confused. I saw this person. I got really confused. And because that was too scary and hard, he kind of, he didn't process it the way I was trying to say it. And I wasn't really saying it. And then we both have written our own stories about how all of that communication went down and it was really hard. And now today, what I'm, my point of saying all of this is that there is another side. There can be another side. There are people who refuse to grow and heal, to forgive, to recognize that it was maybe a shitty path, but maybe it was, it, maybe it was okay. And there are people that will be mad at you the rest of your life. Or, you know, I, we see that all the time with people saying, you know, well, my ex did this and my ex did that. And there's no forgiveness there. And that is just a horrible way to live. But I did not believe at the beginning that it was going to be okay. It was terrifying and it was sad and it was hard, but we consistently put our kids first despite all of that. And now we can, 
go out to coffee together to talk about stuff with the kids. We go to the movies together with the kids. When my son said, I want to get confirmed, we started taking him to church on Wednesday nights together. Um, and it's a small town. Like it, it is, it is something people comment on a lot. Like they'll be like, you know, I really wish I could see some of my friends and family that are going through this, get to the point that you guys are, you know, and thing you're modeling. What a, what a great thing you are putting out that other people can see. I love that. And again, like I said, not, there's a lot of us that just aren't able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but just to give that as an option is huge. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think people think of it as an option a lot. You know, they might see it in some famous people's lives, you know, the vacation with their exes and their kids or whatever, you know, all of that. But I feel like there's, it makes it easier if there's a lot of privilege, right? Yeah. And I think (laughs) because I was so afraid to be, to be completely honest, I could not envision what it would look like on the other side. And I think that's why it's important to not avoid talking about it, thinking about it, whatever, because then you can prepare for it. And I, because I was so afraid, I honestly, the only thing I could see is that I'm going to end, like my life will end after. I just couldn't see an after. And so, um, and, and maybe the after I could see was a little different. It was a little different. Mm -hmm. I, but that the after doesn't matter what matters is present tense and you you can be if you blink you've been in this mode for another year and that light keeps getting dimmed I I if anyone is listening and then we're not already friends which that would surprise me if you're listening and we're not already (laughs) friends but mess it and you are feeling scared or in a spot where you need someone to help walk you through something scary, like what we're talking about. I I think if you message me on Instagram, I'm more likely to see it at baby stuff. I'm serious because I, I, I also reached out. I'm so thankful for Jessica Ashley, single mom nation. Yes. And and so many other friends that offered support that I felt like I could reach out to um, because it is a private thing. It's, it is hard to talk about because it's so personal and private, so intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even more hard to talk about than marriage. And oh, that's, yes. that's hard to talk about. Like, like in the, we can do hard things with Jen Hatmaker, you know, they were talking about that whole thing of like, why don't we talk about even with our closest friends, we really only want to tell half if it's really bad. We really only <laughs> want to tell. Yeah. And, and then that's the same with divorce. And I, I think I was, I was ashamed you know of how things, what? Yes. No, you go. I don't, I shouldn't interrupt you. It's okay. I forgive you. Well, um, um, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say is that because I think the reason why I didn't tell, yes, there was the shame, but also they're going to keep me accountable. And if I tell them what's really going on, they're not going to let me stay in that. And that's scary. <laughs> I know, I, I know. Do something. <laughs> I know. You're right. That's just like, isn't it interesting how it's just like, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was drinking too much because mm-hmm. they would they make you stop. They, they would, yeah, they would be like, well, then you're done. Uh-huh. Or bugging you all the time or yeah. checking up on you. And yep. And, and I like, didn't want that. I was right. protecting my misery. That's a good idea. We, just we protect do your misery. That. We do yep. that. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to motherhood a little bit before we we're already like almost to an hour. I, you blow my mind stuff. I could talk to you forever. It's so fun. <laughs> um, but, and we can, we can, I'm sure we'll talk more about the divorce stuff. Um, there's so much to say about it. And that's what I accidentally just found out when I went off on that tangent. But, um, what would you say is different about your parenting after the divorce? So, and this is something I was thinking about uh, after we talked um, last episode, what I was thinking about when we say what we missed from before. And um, it's funny because last night 
I, Ivy and Luna went to their dads and I went, I was so beat. It was such a long day of work, but it was good productive work. And mm-hmm. I really was just zoned out. I had on sweatpants, a t-shirt, a sweater, and like these slide sandals. Yeah. <laughs> and I took myself to TJ Maxx and Trader Joe's and I, it was just so wonderful, kind of just like around, just wandering the aisles. I bought a new blanket and a new candle, and yeah. and I put clean sheets on the bed. Oh. Had that candle going. It was like the spa smells, like a minty eucalyptus. I don't know what it is. Its name mm-hmm. is Breathe. That's the name of the mm-hmm. candle. Breathe, and yep. I'm enjoying that cozy moment, and it reminded me that I used to do stuff like this all the time before like I always it was about ambiance and having clean everything and maybe I had more time to do laundry that's definitely for sure but and it was like when I became a single mom and after the divorce it was like that went away uh and I was Hmm. thinking why why can't I still have that now you know it's like I convinced myself that I lost this part of my life and needed to grieve mm. what once was or something. But why can't I still have it on this side? So, you know, it got to me thinking, like, was what I miss about it really worth it? You know? Um, and I think there's lots of moments I wish I had appreciated more. But I don't miss waiting in the car pickup line that I spent mm-hmm. hours a day doing before. Um, and now I do get to take them to school, but they take the bus home and I wish mm-hmm. I could go back and maybe not do as much for them as I did so that they would be more independent. And that was something that was learned really quickly after the divorce, uh, like fast tracked, but I'm thankful that we have that going on right now. And I, I feel like maybe this time after is an experience of loss, but rather is making things right. So making things right. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I feel like before things were askew, it, the before time, before the divorce, mm-hmm. it, you know, we were totally functioning, but not at like top. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the the full effects that we could have had it was because it was off it wasn't uh, it it wasn't it just felt askew to me and so mm-hmm. and like I was saying before I did do a whole lot because I I was a stay-at-home mom and I had time and ability to do a lot more of those type of things that when I when they got removed from my life after divorce I was like, oh, well, you know, those didn't have to be in place back then either. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I mean. Like, is it really, you know, I mean, yeah, there's things I miss, but I think, and something you had mentioned, like you miss when they were little and I miss that too, but I bet everyone does, (laughs) you know, whether divorce or not, you know, there's things like I, maybe I have to remind myself, wait, is this because of the divorce or just life in general? Well, right. I mean, like there's so much that has happened in my life simultaneously with the divorce that I don't know how to weed through what is what, but I think maybe what you're speaking to is, you know, this refining of you as a human when you're going through so much and there is a purity to you that couldn't have been there if you, if you weren't divorced for me to put it plainly, like (laughs) if you weren't living all of that struggle and all of that upheaval and change, and then growth automatically comes through that. And you are just a truer version of yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not living under that cloud of, um, of knowing what you didn't want to know and faking it. I was yeah. a lot of faking it. Yes. And so I will, I will tell you, like, I 
think that we should do a whole different episode on the whole good mom thing. Okay. And we should have someone on with us, some wise mother. Um, I mean, we're super wise too, but <laughs> we'd have somebody else who like has written a lot about motherhood or something that can like share thoughts too. Cause I think that would be so fun. But do but, we um, want this to become an expert podcast? No, no, no. I just mean some, one of our friends, one of our friends, like old blogging friends or something that just makes yeah. me think like, I mean, I'm even thinking of, uh, Lisa Page Rosenberg, just such a wise woman. Um, but she'd have to say yes. And I just threw her out there. Um, but so the, so that good mom thing, I even struggle with the terminology, which I shared this past week with you, um, and in our, our group on on Facebook, but I have so many thoughts about it, but I will say that along the lines of what you're talking about this, um, this purity of me is like, I am just so happy. Like how you're describing being out to dinner with your kids. It makes me so happy. Those moments they're they're just different when they, when, than when they were little, obviously, you know, they're not like throwing Cheerios all over. They're having conversations and, um, and I have such a, like, kind of silly rapport with my kids a lot of the time we're we're just really weird and silly a lot and that's when I feel the most like a quote-unquote good mom and I'll just give you a little example from last night I uh I'm generally my whole life very flighty very forgetful like very you know like just doing stuff that will make my kids go what 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 are you doing? You know? And then we laugh about it, but I, uh, I went to shut off the lights before bed and there's a light switch that shuts off our internet. Like it's connected to the outlet that the internet is plugged into. That's dangerous. It is so silly. Yeah. So, and, and it's with the lights, like it's three in a row and it's right in the middle of the lights. So you want to run your whole hand down it, you know? So I did that, of course, just, and, and then I was like, oops, and turned it back on. And the boys were both downstairs playing Xbox. And I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. I'm like standing at the top of the stairs going, I'm going to hear what, what, uh, you know, like what happened? Why is it doing that or whatever? So I just kind of like slowly came down the stairs and I, I walked into the living room and said to my 14 year old, is, is the internet out? by any chance? He's like, yes. What did you do? You know? And I, and I was like, nothing. I didn't do anything. I don't know. And then I heard my 16 year old's bedroom door open. Like he's coming to find out what's wrong with the internet. And I jumped behind some furniture. (laughs) I was ducking. And and he walked in and he's like, Asher's is it working for you? Like some, something happened, like something happened in the internet and Asher was just sitting there like awkward. And he apparently sort of looked over where I was. Cause then all of a sudden <laughs> my 16 year old is just like, what are you doing? Cause I was part sticking out and I just burst out laughing. And then we were all laughing and they, uh-huh. you know, we were just like, that's how we are. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with their age. And a lot of it has to do with me going back to being Heather and even our conversations have helped me with that because I was telling you in another episode, how all the stress of these last several years have kind of stolen that from me too. Like I get so bogged down by the daily grind that I just don't, I'm too exhausted to be fun. And I'm, And even just having those conversations with you has sparked that back into me a little bit. Like, well, why, what am I waiting for? You know, like if I'm recognizing it, I need to do it. I just need to be silly again. I love being silly. That was one thing last night when I was like, you know, had my candle going, whatever. I also put a new shower curtain liner up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the best. Been on my list. Okay. So I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, 
I like myself today. You know, I just, it, yeah. I felt good. And I think I, so I was thinking about what we were going to discuss and I was going to tell you that I think I feel like a good mom when I feel good about myself, you know, mm. and being yeah. really being myself, not again, performing. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard to feel good about anything we do, not just being a mom, but if we don't at least like or okay with ourselves at the time, mm-hmm. um, I also like when we find those bread crumbs that we left when you start to see things working out and it could take a long time to see those results, especially in parenting. Cause like now I'm starting to see them as teenagers. Um, and, but you know, sometimes it takes a really long time to finally see, I'll, I'll like have a really happy moment. I'll think, Oh, you know, maybe that is something that I instilled in them. That is, I'm, is finally coming out. I can see yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, and I, so there are moments I definitely feel like a good mom when I have it all together, but that can't be the bar uh, because it's not hap- you know, possible and it happens like mm-hmm. maybe once a week if, it's a, if we're in a good month. Uh, so it happens and mm-hmm. it's cool and stuff works out, but it's more like a happy accident when it happens yeah right and and all of that is thanks to the millions of other things that we're doing behind the scenes in the meantime when we're being so hard on ourselves right yep like it's all for good yeah and so the you know I think the the threads we're pulling on here are about that liking ourselves because we are being our true selves and I know that's scary and hard for a lot of people think you know, like I'm so bogged down by misery, whether it's marriage or just whatever the problems, um, you know, it's so hard to believe that you can get to that place. And, you know, believe me, there's a lot of days where I'm not in that place and I need my people to pull me through, but yes, just the, the thread of looking at yourself differently than you once had to look at yourself and seeing some joy and being like, Hey, you're pretty cool. I mean, my kids think I'm ridiculous and weird a lot of the time, but I'm like, no, I'm cool. You have no idea. You have no idea how cool I am. But, um, they know they, they, it's not cool they do to let you know just yet. Right. So let's share a little bit of writing and then, and then go let people go. Okay. Um, so I was going to share a little piece from Amy Turnsharp today, but do you want to just read your piece or no, I'm only going to read a, the very small ditty. I'm going to make okay. sure to say ditty every episode, okay? Yes. Gonna, yeah. That's important. Um, so, no, you go ahead and, I, Gal, I love Amy so much. If, if you're not following Amy Turn Sharp on all the places, please go find her. She's a poet and she's amazing. And we'll put all of the people we mentioned in the show notes. But yeah, get, go with the Amy Turn Sharp, please. Amy posted this today and I was like, that's, that's me. That's me, Amy. And I told her that in the comments. Yeah. She posted, I am messy. Like the way I do not wrap the cord around the vacuum and snap it into the special holder. Messy. Like I love to say anything that comes to my mouth, whole from my heart road messy. Like I do not know how to unlove anything or anyone messy. Like I need 42 napkins whenever I eat messy. Like I will cry in public like an Olympic gold medalist. Messy, like I squeeze the tube from the middle. Messy, (laughs) like I get into your soul like a wild wind. Like hold onto everything real tight. Am I like chocolate on your fingers that you put in your mouth instead of washing off? Am I like that? Oh, Steph. That was so awesome. Thank you. I missed that one. It's just, I didn't want to, I, and I was like, oh, I could add some more to that. I'm messy. Like I never put the cap on right on anything. If you <laughs> are around, check the cap before you do anything. <laughs> Don't lift the pickles from the cover. I'm serious. You know? yeah. That's me, Heather. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Um, so this is just a, just a little I, a little thing I found when I was digging through my blog, it, it's just a part of a post, maybe just a few sentences. And 
Um, I just, I liked it. And let's do that too. Let's like what we have to say and like what comes out of us, like poetry and um, find joy in, in that this, these words bubble up from our souls. It's, uh, it's really fun to find the breadcrumbs. She tells me she wants to have two tomorrows, one for what I am saying we need to do the next day and one for what she would rather do the next day. She is three and easily believes she has a right to demand a double day. Of course, I can't grant this wish. It's like telling her I can paint an extra moon in tonight's sky. And I just thought that spoke to that feeling of limitations. Like I can't, I cannot possibly be at all. I can't possibly um, grant all the wishes, but I sure am paying attention. And I think that's one of the most important things that's like Mary Oliver said, um, and I'm not gonna remember it perfectly, but it's it's about being a noticer, you know, mm -hmm. just that you're, your soul has eyes basically. And I have always felt that way about my kids that I am just in awe of the shape of them and their eyelashes and the way they talk and the way they relate to each other, even if it's really bad sometimes and the way they see the world and everything, you know, and if we can just be, that audience for them that's cheering them on maybe that's a a good mom it's really funny because your dog barked and then my dog barked <laughs> i love it that was yeah penny, penny saying a sign off yeah like you're done guys stop <laughs> rambling heather penny says <laughs> okay so thank you again for doing this with me Thank you. It for feels really good. <laughs> what did you say? I said, thank you for having me here. <laughs> thank you for inviting me to this talk. Yeah. I'm glad um, I came. Yeah. I'm glad you came too. I, I, we both, we said we were in a goofy mood I before know. this. I was. And I, that, those are great days though. Go be goofy. I know. Yes. Okay. And, and again, because it makes me feel more like me. Yes. Yes. And I was going to say, when you were saying, um, if you need, if, if anybody needs to think a little more with us on any of this stuff that we talked about, another option that we have is the writing threads podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And our Facebook, you know, you can find, you, we're not hard to find. No. You're, We'll, Just Google. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Heather. Until next time. Have a good one. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Oh, one more thing. It's Heather here reminding you to subscribe wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Maybe Say something about the podcast if you liked it. Maybe tell your friends about the podcast so we can all join in on these conversations together that we hope you find refreshingly, overly honest. Have a good week. See you next time.